sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome in. It is Fantasy Sports Today with you here on Sports Grid. We have a very busy day in front of us here today. Of course, it is the Major League Baseball trade deadline. So fast and furious, the rumors, the stories, and everything else, of course, is coming in. We got two huge games in the NBA coming up. And uh, arguably one of the top running backs in fantasy football was one of the top running backs in fantasy football is looking for a new home in 2020. And, of course, uh, we got some other unfortunate news in the world of sports as well with the passing of an icon to get through it all for the next two hours. My co-host Joe Pizapia here with me on this Monday. Joe, it is certainly great to see you, talk to you here on this Monday. We have a lot to get to here on the show. Maybe we'll have some trades to break down here as well, and I'm following in on the uh, Miami end of it as well. So it's great to uh, see you here today. What's going on? Oh, it has been a busy morning, to say the least. I heard there's a rumor going around that I will be dealt to another network for a player to be named later. <laughs> and cash considerations, uh, not for me. I get no cash considerations. Someone else gets them. So just keep an eye on that. I think Morosi had that. Somebody had that on me earlier today. So keep an eye here at the deadline, whether or not I get dealt somewhere else. But, yeah, it's been a very busy morning, to say the least, in a lot of sports. Yeah, and uh, and, and I'm going to stay with you guys here as well for the things that I'm I'm hearing here on the show um, I, I've done trade deadline uh, shows on the air live before, but uh, usually the deadline's around like 6, 7 o'clock Eastern, and today it's at 4 Eastern, so everyone will just sort of have to bear with me here as we go if, uh, if I hear anything. But without further ado, let's get to the top stories, and there are a lot of them here today. Uh, unfortunately, though, uh, really I, I think, in my mind at least, Joe, the top story has to be the passing of uh, of John Thompson, who you know certainly was I, iconic coach, uh, championship coach at the age of seventy eight, first African American head coach to lead his team to a national champion, and I've and I've talked about I don't know Joe if I've talked to you about my experience with John Thompson and one of the one of the stories I've told here on Sports Grid and everywhere else I can certainly tell it again a little bit later, but that's one of the stories certainly that uh, I, I think takes precedence over everything else now. There is a a trade deadline today in Major League Baseball. The uh, Padres are trading for everyone. They are all in, apparently, as they add Mike Clevenger, who I think had worn out his welcome as good as he is, Joe, in in Cleveland. I think that that had to happen. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe uh, is traded to the Minnesota Vikings. That's going to help their defense tremendously. And not since Jared Allen have they had a player like this, I think, on the end. So that's going to be a huge add for them and definitely changes my opinion on the Vikings, too. I think that's a big add. Uh, Biggest fantasy story for sure is Leonard Fournette. He's now a free agent. This has got to be really unfortunate for anybody who took him in early drafts. They they literally couldn't get a thing for this player. It is just stunning to me what running backs and how running backs are viewed. Fournette is a free agent. Jamar Chase is going to sit out the 2020 college football season. Seems like a good choice there. And uh, Marcus Morris ejected again, third time in six playoff games. We saw an unbelievable game last night. Again, Donovan Mitchell and Jamar Murray. I mean, I I just can't get over how good those two players have been against each other as they're going to head toward a game seven between Utah and Denver. And so, Joe, I'm guessing you want to start off with uh, Fournette, uh, if if, if that's where you want to go here to start. I, I think this is... This is really a tough one. I mean, I, that this is you know, if you if you haven't drafted yet, I think that you could have avoided that landmine, but that's that's going to be tough, man. I, I didn't think he'd get traded. I thought he'd get traded in October. I didn't think that he'd he'd get cut. 
<laughs> well, here's the thing. Um, let's see where he lands. Cause he's going to land somewhere. He's not going to go uh, unsigned here into the season. And there's still a week or so to get him up to speed with whatever a playbook is potentially. And look, Leonard Fournette had a great season last year. And when you look at the uh, identifying the teams that have a need at running back and have cap space, there's two that come to mind. It's the Washington football team who have a ton of cap space and the potential to again, bring in somebody here where he would be an immediate upgrade over everything they have. And the other one, unfortunately, boys and girls, is the New England Patriots. And they really do. They have enough cap space to do this and a bit of a need here. I know Sonny Michelle is back in camp, but really there's nothing wrong with <laughs> the Patriots going out there, throwing a one-year deal on somebody again, just like they did with Cam Newton, and see what happens. And I know it's going to piss a lot of people off potentially, but it's a reality. And I know some other folks have brought up the Bears as a team as well, potentially. It's a little bit more difficult from that situation. The Rams have no cap room there. That's the problem at this point in the year. It's about the cap more than the need. And when you're looking for the perfect storm of both of those going together, Craig, those are the two teams for me that it just makes sense. So we'll see what happens in the next few days, but I would be shocked if Fournette was not on a team week one. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess being on a team, Joe, I, I think is possible, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm really, I, I just think it's unfortunate. I, I just don't, I don't, unless he goes to Tampa Bay, I guess that's the, the one obvious spot. And, you know, I, I think that his season is going to be lost too with the cap. They would have to make an adjustment. Somebody would have to go. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not impossible, but somebody else either in that backfield or somewhere else on that roster has to go to make that work from a cap point of view. I, yeah. I and and the thing is, is that I think you also have to ask yourself the question, because again, we saw Miami did this right before the start of the season two last year. And so what you're going to start hearing is a narrative of that the Jaguars are tanking and they don't want to win. And, I, and, and if you're out there and you're listening or watching, don't believe that, okay? Because Miami won a lot of games last year. And so they, the Jaguars may be in the best position to lose as they've traded their best offensive and best defensive player. And, and by the way, their best defensive player before Ndokwe was traded last year too. And I get all those things. But you never know what can happen over the course of an NFL season. Nobody in their right mind last year after Miami started 0-6 would have said that they would have won five games. No one. And so I would just be careful of that from a betting perspective, from a knowledge perspective. The players are going to dictate how many games they win or lose. It's not going to come down to the trades that teams make. And I would say that Jacksonville, in terms of talent, probably has more talent on their team right now than Miami did last year. So I, I, I would just be careful of that going into a season and just betting it all on the Jaguars under. Um, and in terms of Fournette, for me, we're just going to see it differently here. I think it's a lost season. I, I don't like his projection now at this point, but I um, still think he's a good player. It's just unfortunate this happened right before the season started. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back. It is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. There are some huge fantasy standouts from the weekend, and I know Joe... Uh, we got basically 10 days less than that, I think. Well, about 10 before the fantasy football season starts. And here on this show, we're going to take people through it every single day. We're going to preview all the different conferences. And another exercise that we're going to have, I think, is going to be really important for people. And something, honestly, Joe, that I don't think has been done before, so I wanted to try something new uh, on the show this year, is uh, day by day, we're going to have a series where we're going to show you who you should be taking based on where you're picking in your draft in fantasy football. So, 
Uh, tomorrow on the show, we'll run through an exercise and show you how you should be picking first and all the players that you should end up with, or at least try to end up with if you're picking first. We understand that if you're doing a snake draft, someone can like somebody better than you. Uh, but uh, Joe specifically is going to run through this for us each and every day and go through every pick, 1 through 12. And so we'll give you the blueprint as opposed to rankings and, and standings and everything else. This is what it should look like if you're picking first. This is what it should look like if you're picking second. And provided that you can come up with and draft as many of those players as possible, potentially, maybe it will help you on fantasy football draft day, Joe. So I'm looking forward to getting that started tomorrow. Yeah, me too. I already did uh, the one spot last night after we had a little conversation there. So that is done and in the books. And what's fun is that it, it, when you do it on the uh, wizard on uh, Fantasy Pros, it comes with a grade, too, of how well you did. And I, I, I rarely ever get to draft from the one spot. So we actually got an A-plus on this draft. So everybody okay, should yeah. pay attention. 97 out of 100 on the expert score list. So that's very exciting. I took a little screenshot, too, because I knew Craig would never believe I could get a grade that high in anything. Uh, but I will say this. It is going to be fun because we're also going to talk about the theory behind the picks and when. So the number one uh, is in the books. We'll do that one tomorrow. And every day we're going to yep. have one for you and talk about why you make these picks, what you're looking for. And I also kept some of the information, too, of the players that went right before. That way we can kind of understand where mindset is, because I think the two best things you can be when you go into a draft are prepared and flexible. And I think that will always serve you well in any draft for fantasy. Yeah, you know what's interesting is that I get a lot of people this time. I'm sure you get a lot more, but I get some people this time of the year that are like, can you give me some draft tips? Can you help me with the draft? I feel like for me, at least, it's become much easier for me to just say, how many teams are in the league? When is the draft? And just text me during the draft. I don't know why. Like I just maybe maybe for some maybe for some people that's an exercise that can't be done. But for me, it's like oh, like always sending. Here's who I like. Here's who I don't like. Because guess what happens, Joe? And you've been through this. So I'll tell someone, hey, here's who I like. Here's who I don't like. Right. And then during the draft, they'll be like, what do I do? So it's like. You know, and, and again, you have your opinion, certainly, and, and if somebody has a fantasy black book, they can go player by player with that. But it still is not going to stop somebody from saying, hey, two of the guys you like, I can take. Who do I take? So for yeah, me, oh, and I get those messages all day long. And, uh, and you know, I try right, my best right. to get to all of them, especially this time of year. These these two weeks, pretty much my phone just rings with those messages. And you're like, yeah, oh, you know, what do you is. think of this guy as I head into tonight or what's going on? These two guys are on the board. What do you do? And. I try my best to get to all of them. I, unlike a lot of people in this industry, I really do. Uh, but I, I will say that that's what the black book is. It's trying to teach you to, you know, to learn to fish instead of just giving you the fish every day. Because what I love is when people send me screenshots and say, Hey, I use the RPV. What do you think of this draft? And it looks exactly like I would say the players that I would be looking at and how I would target a draft. And I love seeing that because that means people are getting it. And I think that is the satisfaction level you get where they're still loyal to the brand, but they understand this is how it works. This is how I should be, you know, zigging and zagging during a draft, depending on what's going on. I think that is the most fulfilling rather than saying, yes, pick this guy, pick that guy. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's definitely part of 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 what we do here. And I get it. And I try to help out as much as possible. Just easy for those people who are watching. Text me during the draft. Who's up? Screenshot. Who's on the board? <laughs> I'll take care of it. It'll take 10 seconds as opposed to two hours. All right. So fantasy standouts from uh, Sunday. We'll, uh, of course, still keep this to baseball until the football season starts. And we'll start off with the possible NL Rookie of the Year at this point. I mean, no one's holding a ticket for this guy. That's for sure. Jake Cronenworth of the Padres. Three more hits, a home run, two runs driven in. Uh, Padres are just adding everybody here at the trade deadline. If you haven't heard, they added Austin Nola. They added Mike Clevenger. I'm sure I, I missed a couple more. Mitch There's been Moreland. more trades than that. 
Mitch Moreland, right? That's the other one they added. And they're not going to stop. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., you'll see him in the postseason this year. Three hits, three runs, an RBI, a stolen base. Ryan Mountcastle uh, showed why the Orioles are so high on him. Three hits, a home run, three RBIs, two runs scored. Jason Hayward, wow, two home runs for him yesterday? Are you kidding me? He has five home runs, two RBIs, two runs, two walks. Hayward is, is probably putting together right now his best start in, I don't know, 10 years maybe. It's It's been that long, but he looks great thus far. Kyle Schwarber also with two more home runs. Uh, Cubs have made some moves as well. He has nine on the season, five RBIs, two runs scored. And also Garrett Cooper returned for the Miami Marlins over the weekend. Got a couple of hits on uh on Friday, on Friday, yeah, Friday when he returned, uh, didn't get a hit Saturday, and then drove in four runs, had two hits and a home run, and he was a player, particularly on Miami, that I liked a lot going into the season because he's a professional hitter, and they got him at DH. He doesn't have to play the field, and he showed uh, why he's been, I, I think, their most important bat to return. And so uh, there were a lot of others, Joe. There were some good pitching matchups as well. We would need like eight graphics for this Monday, but we can start with those for now. Yeah, Cooper's an interesting one, too, because in the DFS community, like he's just back now. So that means when you're looking at the guy, his price really hasn't gone to where it should be. But uh, you did speak about him a ton before the season started, as this is a guy that's like tailor-made now for this DH role. And look, you know, Aguilar has been very good for them. I know there's some rumors about VR possibly getting dealt today. We'll see if that comes to fruition. But Garrett Cooper, I think, is one of these guys for the next few weeks to keep an eye on, especially if you're looking for, you know, really good value plays on the FanDuel side of things, because he is going to be somewhere around that 3K range any given night. And that's a really nice value considering the power that he brings. Uh, also, Schwarber coming alive with the two home runs, very important there for that Cubs lineup without a doubt. Uh, both him, Hayward, and Hap all had multiple home runs this weekend, so that's very important. Great to see Mountcastle also start to come alive a little bit as well. We have a lot of high hopes for him. And then, you know, at the top, was circling back to about Cronenworth. Uh, you're right. Yeah. Right now, in terms of National League Rookie of the Year, I mean, who else could you make a case for? I mean, Dustin be May's him. been out there. If Ian Anderson yeah, has no. a great couple starts, but really, I think it's Cronenworth. Yeah, no, I, the, the likelihood of a pitcher winning Rookie of the Year is so slim with only having eight or nine starts. And so, right. uh, I, you know, I would agree with that. Uh, and, and I think there's a good shot of that happening. And again, in the AL, you got Lewis Robert. Um, you know, it's just, I mean, is it a four color? I think I'm missing somebody in the well, AL. No, Who's the other Lewis one? Lewis has been outstanding. Oh, Lewis. Lewis, Lewis league and OBP. Yeah. I mean, between Lewis, yeah, Lewis Robert and, and there's another person actually, uh, it, I, I think I have my list back here. Cause we were talking about it on diamond bets. I know there's somebody. Oh, and Kyle Tucker has been tremendous lately too. If he finishes. Yes. He leads the league in RBIs, American league in RBIs or something. Yeah, no, yeah, I, 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 you know, that's it, another guy is Tucker still a rookie after all this time. Yeah. I, I'm Crazy. not a hundred percent sure, but I think that he is. Um, I'm almost, check I don't that. think he met the threshold. You can check on that. If I'm wrong, I apologize, but Kyle Lewis is definitely in that conversation as well. I didn't think Tucker hit the threshold for at bats yet, but if I'm wrong, that's, that's on me. I, Maybe, yeah, I mean, he played 50 games, 144 plate appearances. I don't know what the number has to be. Maybe he hasn't. I'm not sure. I we'll, uh, that's right. something more. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll check on that during the break for sure. But look, Kyle Lewis, Robert, right off the bat. Those are two good ones. Far better than what you got in the National League. The National League, it's funny because everybody, remember the beginning of the year, Gavin Lux was what, like a two to one to win that award? <laughs> and he's played what, two games yeah. this year? I can't believe he hasn't played yet. That was a, a bad pick by me. Um, real quick on the Clevenger trade, let's let's cap the segment off with this. Uh, look, it's very clear, Joe, the reason why they traded him is because they don't like him. I mean, that's obvious. You don't trade a player with that kind of talent. But what does it say about the Cleveland organization? that they have been able to move this many pitchers. Uh, they move Bauer, they move Kluber, they move Clevenger, and then they just keep bringing the guys up, and they don't miss a beat. The Savali last year and this year, 
And McKenzie this year, yeah, it's it's. I mean, whatever they're doing, I want I want to understand it from Cleveland's well, pitching perspective. Tristan McKenzie was one of those guys we've talked about in the black book extensively this year, and I'm very lucky because I have the Welsh and I have Eric Cross, and those two guys are the best in terms of prospect evaluation for fantasy that I've ever seen. And we all get to sit and work with him. And what happened was we looked at Tristan McKenzie and said, "Look, this is a great asset here." that nobody's talking about because he missed significant time last year, but he's going to be right back in. And the very thing you're talking about is that pitching pipeline, what they've been able to do, the success rate in that organization, it's allowed them to make these kind of deals. And they were in a bad spot because there weren't a lot of teams there that, you know, look, Clevenger's had some issues here this year, obviously. And then I think from Cleveland standpoint, they brought back a lot of depth that will probably serve them well in the next couple of years. They probably didn't have that high end prospect. We'll see if the young shortstop's a guy that may be down the line can develop into somebody who could take over for Lindor. We shall see. But look, I mean, you're right. Savali's going to get on the rotation. They still got Plesak, too. Let's not forget about him. Yeah, well, he's, I mean, they, I think they had to split those guys up. You know, it's, it's, at least that's what it feels like. But, okay, uh, coming up next, we got the update with Chris. Then we'll have the t- tip drill. Can't wait to hear about this, who to play in DFS tonight. And then some smoke or fire in NFL football. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back. Thanks again uh, to Greg and Jeremy for the tip drill and uh, ready for these NBA games today. We'll see if the Miami Heat... Stands a chance against the Milwaukee Bucks. A lot of people think that they may, but you know who else does? Adam Ronis, and he's going to join us a little bit later in the show. We're going to break down those games against the spread. Uh, also, Joe will have his DFS baseball picks, but also uh, Jeff Collins is going to join us a little bit later and go over all the pitchers on the slate today. We thought it would be a really tough day to play DFS just because of all the trades, so we're going to have Jeff on to break it down a little bit further. Of course, Joe will have his, uh, Jeff will have his, and listen, more information is always good information for this show, so that's the way we operate here on Fantasy Sports Today. Uh, All right, Joe, so let's get back to some smoke and fire here on the fantasy football end and uh, on the gridiron here for some of the things that are being said. we got one full week left of camp, and let's start off, uh, Joe, if you don't mind here, with the New York Jets. Let's start off with the Jets, and this is according to Brian Costello, who's an excellent reporter and has been doing this a long time for the New York Post, so this is something that you should pay attention to. Le'Veon Bell, not been in, impressive in training camp. Anyone who has watched practice over the last two weeks would have Bell ranked third among the running backs with Gore and Pirine, the former Gator, ahead of him, uh, That we're being, if we're being honest. And so, uh, Joe, let's start off there. Um, Le'Veon Bell, um, it's a shame here because I thought Bell was an elite running back two years ago. He didn't look like that last year. But Brian Costell is a really good reporter. He's somebody, I believe. Yeah, I believe him too, and I think you're uh, kind of hitting the nail on the head there with who's saying this. And I think it's fire, but I, I don't know if it's fire only because of the situation or because of where Le'Veon Bell's at in his career. And I think that's the dangerous thing here. Uh, Le'Veon Bell certainly does strike me as the kind of guy that if he's not happy in the situation, then the situation starts to fall apart uh, very quickly. And I think we've learned that already with Le'Veon Bell. So. Uh, I think if he had to do it again, he would not be signing with the Jets. Now, I don't know what this is going to mean because all of a sudden now Leonard Fournette is out on the open market. So if the Jets are trying to trade Le'Veon Bell or move on, you saw them try to acquire Kalen Balazs. That fell apart over the weekend. So clearly they're looking for answers. I don't know if Fournette's going to be on the Jets' radar. That would be an interesting one. Again, kind of difficult from the cap standpoint to work on it. But I think from a fantasy standpoint, you have to believe that this is smoke or a fire right now and have to take it very seriously because no matter how decent he was last year, 
Now, how much you want to say the Jets offense has some issues? I think you have to look at it and say, you know what? What's the usage going to be? What's the confidence level? Because it seems kind of low. So Bell, as long as he's a Jet, I think we have to be a little concerned right now. Yeah, no, I I, I do too. Um, Where do you have him, Joe? Where do you have him in terms of? He's a low-end RB2 right now. That's where I have him. I mean, and and that's. I think the the fun part is if you got him as a flex running back, which I actually have seen that happen in a few drafts. If you're in a 10-team league, I don't think it's absurd to think he could be a flex running back. But I see some people, uh, <clears throat> producers shall rename nameless, who went and reached for him in the second round. And I said, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? You're a Jet fan. You should know better. Let, let, me, let, me, ask you, let me ask you something that no one's talking about, which we should. <laughs> you see, Joe and, Joe and Chris are having a separate conversation. Um, <laughs> could he be released? Yes, he could be released. Yeah. I think it's unlikely, but he could be. And if the pivot, see, here's the thing: is I don't know. Think Adam. Gates Why is it so unlikely? Guy, Why is it so unlikely, Joe? It's unlikely because of what kind of cap hit they'd have to take, and that's that's the issue. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that. So, yeah. yeah, well, I'm then not, this I'm... is and this is like part of the evaluation that people don't want to do. They want to just look at and say, "Oh, well, this team needs a running back, so they should get Fournette, or this team should be able to do this." Well, the problem is. What's the dead cap? And I can go pull up the exact amount here over the break of what that would be if they had to let go Levy. I, I would guess that he that if they could, they would release him before the start of the season. That's my I guess. I don't a, know. They, they can try. I don't know if Gase is going to have that kind of a swing in the organization. That's the hard part, too. <laughs> he, he got the GM fired. I think he probably could. He got the GM fired, but but what's the win and loss record right now? Like, yeah, okay, you're fresh. You want to make some changes. Okay, we love you. We believe in you. But the problem is, okay, well, the results haven't been there yet, and I don't know if he has the same kind of power he might have had a year ago in that organization. I'm really not sure, and I don't think the guys on this roster right now that he wants to play at running back, because I don't think it's Frank Gore. I don't think he'd run Frank Gore out there 260 times. Can you? Um, I mean, I could see him times? getting the 200. I, uh, he's lo- he's le- I mean, this guy, Gase, loves Gore. I mean, he, he's got a man crush on Gore. I don't know. Let, let, let's let's pause it. Let's see where it ends up. And I, I would not say there's a zero percent chance, but I am unfamiliar with the cap situation there. So that's 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 part of it. Well, it's only me. the second year of the deal. That's the problem. I mean, what does that really mean? I mean, to me, well, that's, I don't know. Unless, unless if, there, if there's no cap implications, wrong. look, it is very clear. Look, here, here, let me let me ask you one more question before we move on. What percentage chance would you say Le'Veon Bell is in a Jets uniform next year? Uh, zero. <laughs> zero, right? Okay. So we can at least say that in the next 10 days, there's a 20% sure, chance that sure. they cut him. Right. I think, And I think that that's probably the number. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's move on to tight end. Evan Ingram just busted me open last year. Horrible year for him. Uh, this is according to Ralph Bacchiano from SNY, another very good reporter. Uh, Ingram is, is practicing with no restrictions, as quick and explosive as ever. The Giants seem intent on using him as a weapon. Smoke or fire? Uh, I'm going to say fire because Evan Ingram actually stats were pretty good. His injuries were his undoing last year. And look, you got Slayton, uh, you got Shepard, you got Saquon, you've got some, uh, you got some pieces here for Daniel Jones. So I think Ingram right now is in that lower end tight end. And I think that's a good value there. All right. We'll be right back with more fantasy sports today coming up. So don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, 
And welcome back. It is fantasy sports today. It is fantasy football season around these parts. In fact, we are closing in on the 2020 season a week from Thursday. We had some college football, of course, over the weekend as well. We'll have some more this weekend. And then the college football season opens up for the ACC, SEC, and Big 12 coming up in a couple of weeks. But some key decisions are going to have to be made. And, Joe, I feel like the majority of people in uh, in fantasy at this point who play and who play for some sort of money uh, are going to wait toward this weekend. And I think this weekend is probably, I would say, 80% of leagues are, are going to be drafted, whether it's for fun or for money. So we thought that this week we would really take a deeper dive and take a look at some of the teams and the possibilities, who's starting, who could be a sleeper on the team, and just give people the awareness of it because we're basically here. We're on the doorstep now. Yeah, and I think it's always good to go team by team. We do this in the Black Book as well. We talk about who the new additions are, subtractions, and all of that. We go a little deeper, obviously, because IDP and all that. But still, it's important to take a look at what we think this team is going to do this year. Not so much what happened last year. Last year's in the books. You're not drafting a team for 2019. You're drafting a team for 2020. So you have to project a little bit, but you also have to look seriously at what the rosters look like and what the talent is and also evaluate the offensive lines as well because that sometimes is also a part that does not get enough attention i think in the fantasy football community all right so let's get started with the new england patriots and take a look at some of their new looking players here in 2020 of course a quarterback if you have been if you're not a football fan or you are and you've been sleeping under a rock for the last five months, you may not know former MVP Cam Newton is their starting quarterback. Of course, speaking of smoke or fire, we hear that players get to uh, New England and they see that Cam Newton's already there at 530 in the morning and staying till six o'clock. Love those kind of stories. Hear that every year uh, at running at running back. We got Sony Michelle, who's currently on the IR. And uh, is he out, Joe, for week one? Is that been just, determined yet? I, literally this weekend, he just was seen at camp and they have taken him off there. But I don't know. Okay. If they understand where his okay, so we'll call him questionable. Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll call him questionable. Uh, James White, we know he's not much of a running factor, and and he's more of a pass catching back. And then of course Harris has been, uh, you know, talked up a lot as the darling of camp, and we'll have to see how that plays out. They usually use several running backs. A wide receiver, Julian Edelman is back. Uh, so unfortunately, is Muhammad Sanu for you, Joe? And then uh, Nikhil Harry, who was a great uh, receiver in college, uh, didn't you know honestly really show all that much last season. So. Um, could it be their tight end? I'll let you pronounce his name. I'm not going to try and do it. Uh, what do you make of the Patriots? Off- <laughs> what do you name of the pa- uh, uh, What do you make of the Patriots' offense this season? I think inevitably it's going to take some sort of a dip. But if Cam Newton returns to the Newton that he was with the was he was MVP a few years ago, they could certainly do it. And I think the most overrated thing that's being discussed is Cam Newton and the fact that he is done. It is certainly possible, but this guy is very young, and he is he's just over thirty. He could play for 10 more years if he is healthy. I don't know that he is, and that's what we're going to find out this year. Exactly. Uh, not only is he a phenomenal athlete, but let's be frank. I mean, Cam Newton is also a disaster in terms of matchups for opposing defenses. And look, he's done a lot. If you go back to that year where they were 15-1, and one, the best receiver on that team was Kelvin Benjamin. How'd that career work out? So let's not pretend like all of a sudden Cam has always had elite-level weapons. It was only recently he got McCaffrey in that offense. He made a lot and made guys better around him. And I think if the Patriots are going to be successful this year, it's going to be because Cam Newton is healthy, and they are going to run the football and play defense. Now, they lost a lot of veterans on that defense. And last year, from the defensive standpoint, if you had the Pats defense, they were basically winning you weeks by themselves for, I would say, the first nine weeks, ten weeks of the season. It was absurd how good they were. And then – Things took a little bit of the dip when the offense took a dip as well. 
But that defense is not going to be quite as good this year because it's a little bit younger. Now they might be faster. That's good. You'll see guys like Winovich and a couple other people kind of step into that void here that's been left by the Van Noys and some other players that have moved on. But offensively speaking, I would keep a, a real eye on Damian Harris. A lot of good reports so far out of him. Second year running back. I just think there's going to be a lot of volume potentially. And yes, they're frustrating because they're the Patriots. This will change on a dime if Leonard Fournette goes there. Uh, Le'Veon Bell's not going there, so don't get your hopes up, Pats fans. But I would say that if Fournette goes there, everything changes. Otherwise, James White is going to be in that James White role. You know he's going to be a good PPR flex guy. Damian Harris might be a nice guy to have on your bench to see what happens here as the health of Sony Michelle has always been a problem. But I'm going to fade all the receivers here because I think it's just too difficult to gauge. I don't know what Edelman is without Tom Brady. I haven't seen it in my life. No one has, so nobody can tell you, and don't let anyone tell you differently. But I think Cam Newton, especially in super flex leagues as a second quarterback, could have a really nice return on investment. All right, let's uh, let's go from New England to Buffalo, and um, and look in terms of the Bills, this is a big year for them. Uh, we we I believe I talked about this on a, another live stream that I did, but um, the Bills in 20 years, Joe, haven't won 10 games in back-to-back seasons. I mean, that's an amazing stat. So basically, like whenever they do win 10, they go back the next year. Maybe this is the year that they don't. But you can see here a quarterback. They have one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL, and Josh Allen for sure. They're running backs. You, you almost are going to have a hard time taking both of these guys, I think, in fantasy because there really isn't a handcuff here. I think it may be two guys getting the carries. It's going to drive you nuts if you have both. I don't, I don't even know that I would recommend drafting both. Uh, at wide receiver, you have uh, Diggs now who's on the team. Of course, you have John Brown, uh, Cole Beasley, and then their tight end is Knox, who uh, every once in a while will show up for a three-catch, 40-yard, uh, two-touchdown game. But for the most part, he's a tight end, two at best. Uh, Buffalo's offense, Joe, is is tough to handicap, I think, a little bit. Honestly, of all the, the players that we're looking at here in terms of ADP, John Brown may be my favorite one based on where he's getting drafted. How about you? Yeah, he's the one I would highlight as well in circle because he showed a really good rapport with Josh Allen last year. And that doesn't happen overnight. And that's something you build. You build trust there. And Josh Allen still has a long way to go in terms of quarterback development. However, you look at everybody talking about Stefan Diggs being a guy added there. And yeah, and Stefan is a home run hitter kind of guy, you know, and he can have those huge games and then he goes dormant a little bit. This is not a very pass heavy offense. This is, you know, Josh Allen's not throwing for 4,000 yards here this year. I just don't think that's his game as of right now in this stage of his career. So that means that you have to be really careful where you're targeting wide receivers, if at all. Now, for me personally, I'm fading this group, but if John Brown does continue to fall in drafts, I would take him. He would be that one guy I would take. In terms of the running backs, my approach would be this. I would be looking for Singletary as a decent guy for a flex RB, and I would be looking at Moss in standard leagues as a decent flex RB. And the reason being, Moss is going to have more goal line upside, so he could go out in there and get you know, three or four carries. And if one of them is a touchdown, all of a sudden he's, he's a good play that week. And the same thing with Singletary, he's just got to touch the ball 10 to 15 times. He's probably not going to have the touchdown upside unless he breaks one. That's probably more Devin Singletary's game. And he has the ability to do that. He does have that breakaway mold kind of speed. However, I think right now you look at Josh Allen and Josh Allen has to continue to make plays for the Buffalo bills to continue to be a playoff contender. And this is their opportunity to be dominant in this division. They have the best secondary in football, in my opinion. And then you add that in with a, a very athletic team. This is a very fast athletic team, potentially. The problem is they also make mistakes. And if Josh Allen can't limit those mistakes sometimes, all of a sudden they could take a step backwards and be a 9 team this year. And I don't want to say miss the playoffs, but maybe be on that bubble. 
Yeah, and, and and I think that they're almost right there. Um, you know, it's like nine, ten wins for me. Just seems like the right number. Uh, I'll stick with Brown in in twenty twenty. Uh, let's move on to the Jets. And when Sam Darnold was in their lineup, they played very well. And when he wasn't, they weren't. So of course, that's that's pretty clear, probably for a lot of teams in the NFL when you lose your starting quarterback. But in particular for the Jets, that was evident. They were much better with him in there. We we discussed Le'Veon Bell earlier in the show. If you want to hear us break this down, Smoker Fire, go back watch on demand on YouTube. Uh, Frank Gore will be somewhat of a factor, I would guess, this year, as he is with every team that he plays on. He's always a factor. Jamison Crowder, nice PPR option. Uh, Brashad Perriman last year with Winston at the end of the year was an absolute fantasy star for the final three weeks. What will he be with the Jets? And, of course, Denzel Mims, who I love moving forward. I don't know about him for this year, but certainly in terms of dynasty, I think that there's a lot to like there. Uh, Chris Herndon played at the University of Miami, very familiar with him. He's just been unable to be on the field all the time for a, a lot of different reasons. And so when I look at the Jets, is one of the few teams, uh, Joe, in fantasy, that's not having anyone taken in the first and sometimes in, even in the second round, as you mentioned with Le'Veon Bell, uh, just isn't a lot to like with their offense this year. No, there really isn't. I'll tell you, the one guy I do like is Jameson Crowder because – we're just talking about volume plays, and you look at last year with the quarterback play being a little up and down. He had a ton of targets last year. Now, some of them are going to be spread out a little bit more, but not much. And I think that's the thing to keep in mind. He is just a target monster. The touchdown upside is limited. He's not going to be a guy who scores 10 touchdowns this year. But in terms of your weekly floor and points in a full point PPR, this is definitely a guy who's going to be around a dozen points every week. And I think that's what you love about that because if you look at how he's being drafted, is basically a wide receiver four. That's a great guy to have in your flex. It's a great guy to be playing on all the other bye weeks. And and who knows? Maybe you like certain matchups where things are going well for the Jets. You would play him as a wide receiver three. However, right now, I think Bell's value is very much in question right now. Uh, Gore, I don't think, is a fantasy running back at this stage. Darnold is a decent third quarterback in a super flex league. He's exact. That, to me, is his only value. Third quarterback, super flex. Okay, you know, I play him on the two bye weeks. I can get by. Herndon's getting a lot of attention right now. There's a lot of people going, ah, he's a really good talent, and boy, oh boy, he looks good in camp and all this stuff. But you're right. Until he proves that he can be healthy and on the field every week, it's it's maybe a tight end premium league at best. That's about as best a spot for Herndon as I can think of. Other than that, give me Crowder and the rest you can have. All right, and then finally, we close it out with some discussion on the Miami Dolphins. And uh, I would say that a little bit of a new look. They had a couple of receivers opt out of the season. They have new running backs as well. Uh, ironically, Kalen Balaj was given back to Miami. Joe, maybe he's back in the mix after failing his physical with the Jets, although I doubt it. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is their starting quarterback. They drafted Tua in, in the offseason. Fitzpatrick is away from the team currently because his mother passed away, and the head coach, uh, Brian Flores, said that he didn't know if he would be back. I would suppose he will, but just something to monitor here over the next week or so. Uh, look, uh, Howard... <laughs> You can't eliminate this guy from a backfield, whoever he goes to, he ends up getting carries, he ends up getting touchdowns, and and he was pretty good when he was given the opportunity last year. Uh, Matt Breida will also be part of the Dolphins offense. If he can stay healthy, this is a name to circle, I would think, and also potentially a name that could get traded in October, so keep an eye on him. Uh, In terms of wide receivers, for sure, Devontae Parker proved what everyone thought he could be, but only did it for one year. Is there a repeat? In store, we'll see. Of course, they have some other receivers, too, in Preston Williams and Jakeem Grant. Uh, neither have been able to stay healthy over the last couple of years. And Mike Gusecki, I know Miami has high hopes for, and he started to show a little bit of that last year, but he is not a pass-blocking tight end. He's strictly a, uh, a guy who can catch the ball in the end zone. So uh, that's sort of where we're at with the Dolphins show, another team that I don't think has a ton of offensive fantasy potential. But in bye weeks, you'll be starting some of these guys. 
No, well, look, even even in regular, I think you're starting some of these guys. I'll say this about Kaseki too. The fact that he's not going to see as many snaps, that's what hurts his fantasy value because he's not going to be on the field as much because of the blocking. So when everybody loves Mike Kaseki and wants to move him up draft board, same thing kind of with Herndon. It's like, oh, I'm going to move this guy up. We feel really good about him. Look, there's plenty of guys to take shots on later on, like Hayden Hurst, like Noah Fant, like Blake Jarwin. I mean, there's plenty of tight ends there. Why people fixate on Mike Kaseki and fixate on Herndon, I will never know. But at the same time, I'm not too worried about Parker. And in fact, I would say that most people, you know, out there, there probably is a little bit of doubt still there. And that's great because it's keeping his value at a moderate place. And I think that is exactly right. We don't want to overrate him and think it's perfect. He's going to absolutely repeat. But at the same time, there's a little bit of question built into that ADP where you're getting him as a wide receiver too. And I think that's perfectly fine. Maybe a low end wide receiver too, depending on who you have in front. Looks really good. I'll tell you this much too. Williams is a guy that I'm drafting everywhere because I like the upside. The depth chart is very shallow for this team. And I will take boring Jordan Howard on my bench any day of the week. Boring is predictable. NFL is difficult to predict. Jordan Howard is not. Yes, he is not necessarily the sexiest guy in the world. However, I will say from a fancy standpoint on the bench, you know, not every pick is like, oh, great pick. No, sometimes it's Jordan Howard and his 900 yards and eight touchdowns. And you go, okay, fine. And you know what? That's pretty good as my third running back or fourth running back on my team. Yeah, and, and look, I think that's part of it, too, is that we're not talking about taking a guy in the first four or five rounds. It's after that, and the guy ends up hitting, and then you end up looking good. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's take a quick break. We got our uh, DFS preview coming up next on FanDuel. Joe will have his selection also a little bit later. Uh, Jeff Carlson uh, will be with us. Uh, excuse me, Jeff Collins will be with us here on the show. Mind is flowing today on Fantasy Sports Today. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back. It is Fantasy Sports Today. The first baseball game of the day actually starts in 10 minutes from now at City Field in New York as Miami takes on New York. In fact, if you go back, Miami uh, played against the Mets last week. They, of course, protested uh, last Thursday's game, and so they missed it, came back to Miami for Friday, played Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at home against the Rays, got swept, got on a plane, went back to New York. They're going to play this game today in about 10 minutes. They're going to get back on a plane, come back to Miami, and then play the Blue Jays Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Everyone wants a schedule. I just gave you theirs. Wow. No fun whatsoever. Let's have some fun with DFS today, Joe. Who do we got? Can I get Edwin Diaz on that plane? Uh, anyway, uh, let's look right. at today's slate. And let's uh, look until Shane Bieber proves otherwise, he's worth paying up for. And I hate paying this much for a pitcher at 12K, but there's enough value here with a lot of guys, 3K and under, who are pretty good, responsible, offensive players right now that you can roster and make this work in cash. And it's so important on that single pitcher side on FanDuel to get it right in cash. And when Bieber's on the mound, it's always just the right answer. Uh, and uh, in terms of matchup as well against KC, uh, Max Freed, 8.6K against Boston. Yeah, I know it's on the road, but Max Freed deserves your respect and mine. I understand Boston started to hit a little bit better this weekend, but still, momentum's only as good as the next day's starting pitcher. And today's starting pitcher is Max Freed, and he has been really, really good this year. So I'm going to take that value, especially tough because in between, you got guys like Giolito, you got guys like Cole today, but I'd rather save all that money, go invest in some of the Colorado bats today. Uh, also, you got Bryce Harper's a big bat against Washington, against Eric Feedy. Really good matchup for him. Edwin Encarnacion against the lefty Rich Hill. E5 starting to heat up a little bit. 
That's a good thing. The rest of this order has been great for the White Sox, but at the same time, you're looking for a little value, a little thump. Guess what? EY85's got that. So definitely take a look at him today as well. And uh, that's your DFS FanDuel slate for this evening. All right. Uh, one other quick note. ESPN reports Mike Miner of the Oakland A's uh, of the Texas Rangers has been traded to the Oakland wow. A's. So Oakland uh, basically bolsters their starting rotation. Miner was a free agent at the end of the season. All right. Coming up next, it's time for us to recap the top stories and headlines of the day in fantasy or reality. So make sure you stay tuned to that. Also, a little bit later in the show, we're going to talk NBA with Adam Ronis. He's going to preview tonight's games against the spread. Don't want to miss that. So stay right there. Stay on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.